0: I say this the covenant of holiness. Hallelujah. Say it the, covenant holiness. the covenant of holiness. Oh, say it loud and clear: the covenant of holiness. The covenant
1: of holiness.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Holiness is the bone of contention between so many doctrines in the body of Christ. Some define holiness as an outward act. and there are so many things that one must do to be called holy but holiness is of the heart holiness is the purity of the heart holiness is the the perfection of the heart of man praise the lord i want to submit to you that no man has the capacity and the ability To be holy on his own accord. If man could live a holy life. God would demand holiness. Without allowing his son Jesus Christ. To come and die for our sins. Man wasn't capable of. Living a holy life. And man is still not capable of living a holy life outside the work of redemption hallelujah so no matter what any man will say holiness is rooted in the finished work of christ holiness is a covenant it's a covenant praise the lord before we all go further i just want to refresh your mind how we started this message hallelujah praise the lord we started by saying that the old covenant was 40. the old covenant was written on stones praise the lord and each time we use the word old covenant written on stones or we say the law has been done away with the law wasn't capable of making anyone holy Uh, Most people want to run and take cover and say, yes, we still have to obey the law. We still have to do the law. And by that, they mean the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. The Ten Commandments were the one written on stones. It was not the ceremonial laws. Amen. There were about 600 plus laws. The ones that were written on stones, tablets of stones, was what? The Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. They were the the one engraving in stones. They couldn't provide life. They couldn't make anyone, anyone holy. They couldn't purify the heart of man. That is why the second covenant came in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you will see it there. Thank you, Jesus. It is called the covenant, it is called the administration of death. Second Corinthians chapter three verse seven. But if the administration of death, that's the Ten Commandments, written and engraving in stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not step out and behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away with. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Hallelujah. That is the new covenant which is the ministration of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And the ink of the Spirit written in your heart is more glorious than the ministration of death written on stones. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, verse 3. 2 no. Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. Look at what Paul said here. For as much as he are manifestly declared to be the episode of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in tablets of stones, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Hallelujah. Not in tables of stones, but in fleshly tables of what? The heart. So the Spirit of God has written in the fleshly tables of your heart the covenant. And that covenant purifies you. That covenant makes you holy. The old covenant was written on stones. It could not purify the heart of men. So that's what God told them. That a time was coming. He will circumcise their heart so that they can know Him. Praise the Lord. We saw that God made, when God also made a covenant with Abraham, Abraham received the gift of righteousness before circumcision. Abraham received what? The gift of righteousness because circumcision. Before circumcision. And we, we know in the old covenant circumcision is a big deal. A man has to be circumcised for him to be a covenant. Circumcision was the seal of the old covenant, but now we have been our hearts have been circumcised. Amen. By the flesh of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Said so me, my heart has been circumcised by the flesh of Jesus Christ. Or oh, say it and my heart has been circumcised by the flesh of Jesus Christ. That is why you are holy. That is why you are pure. Praise the Lord. Please listen carefully. The covenant of holiness as we conclude on this teaching. This is almost similar to a message I preached, I think, last two months. Your faith makes you holy. Amen. Your faith makes you what? makes you holy. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to John Gospel Chapter 1. John Gospel Chapter 1. As we lay our final argument on this topic called the New Covenant. Understanding the New Covenant. Praise the Lord. May God give you understanding in Jesus' name. May God open your heart in Jesus' name may God give you a hearing heart in Jesus name may God give you a heart to hear and eyes to see in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah John gospel chapter 1 verse 14 to 17 and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as the holy begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Say with me, full of grace and truth. Or say now, full of grace and truth. Now say this, as a New Testament believer, as a New Testament or Testament say now, as a New Testament believer, New Testament I am full of, grace, full of grace and I am full of the truth. I am full of grace. And I am full of truth. As a New Testament believer. I am full of grace. I am full of truth. Don't let that statement depart from you. Praise the Lord. John chapter 15. Jesus by witness. John bear witness of him. And cried. Saying. This was he of whom I speak. He that comes after me is prepared before me. For he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received. And grace for grace. Hallelujah. He said of the fullness of Christ, we all have received grace for grace. Meaning one level of grace to another level of grace. One dimension of grace. To another dimension of grace. Praise the Lord. If we want to understand grace, look at how demons possess men. Amen. If we want to understand grace, look at how men and women who are not born again are being used by the forces, being possessed. When somebody, for example, let me give you not so good example. But it will help you to understand what grace is. If a young girl or a woman was possessed with the spirit of immorality, she has no choice to be sleeping with men every second, every least opportunity she has to sleep with a man. That's the spirit of immorality operating through her, controlling her. She has no control over that. That's the opposite of grace. That's the opposite of what? Grace. That's when grace comes upon you, you do the will of God willingly, not by force. Praise the Lord. You do the will of God what? Willingly, out of your free will. Not God forcing you to do. So grace is a divine charm. Grace is the charm of God that makes you do His will willingly. Praise the Lord. So the scripture says that of his fullness, of the fullness of Christ, we have received one level of grace to another level of grace. Hallelujah. Now, inside grace is your purity, inside grace is your holiness. Praise the Lord. Inside grace is what? Is your purity, inside grace is your holiness. The new covenant is also called the covenant of grace, the covenant of divine charm. Where God impacts onto you this charisma. That is what we call they call this movement the charismatic movement. Well, in natural, when you say somebody has a charisma, you understand what it means. Not just eloquence, there's an aroma about that person. There's something unique about it. he stands out. Praise the Lord. So of his fullness, of the fullness of Jesus. We all have received grace. Grace for grace. That is one level of grace to another level of grace. Because of the finished work of Christ. That is why demons seek to possess men so that they will do the devil's work bidding. Grace is what that you see. That is why I gave that example for you to understand what grace is and go for grace. Praise the Lord. Demons will force men to do their will, but God will force you. He will give you grace. And you'll be excited. You'll be delighted to do it. Praise the Lord. You'll be excited. You'll be delighted to do what? To do the will of God. That's the difference. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. So, of His fullness, we have received grace for grace. Verse 17. For the law was given by Moses. You see? The law. There was no grace attached to the law. The one written on stones. The one that was engraved on stones. Tablets of stones. The one that could not give life. The one that could not impart holiness. The one that could not purify the heart of the men and women in the old covenant. It was given by who? Moses. Jesus couldn't have given the law if he has given the Lord, the Lord will have been able to make them holy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is why Elijah and Moses submitted to, to Christ Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses represented the Lord, submitted. Elijah represented the prophet, submitted. The law and the prophets, they all spoke about Jesus. You know that? The law. And the prophets, they all spoke about what? They all spoke about Jesus. They submitted to grace. The Lord done with, prophets done with grace. Has taken over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. And when grace came, According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we know that when grace came, Jesus became our wisdom. Jesus became our righteousness. Jesus became our holiness. Jesus became our redemption. When grace came, you see, grace came with wisdom. Grace came with righteousness. Grace came with holiness. Grace came with deliverance hallelujah that when the lord came the lord never came with wisdom the lord never came with righteousness the lord never came with holiness when grace came grace came with wisdom righteousness holiness and redemption hallelujah That is the power of christ so in this new covenant the most important one that ought to be spoken Every Sunday, in all our teachings, in all our preachings, these are the most powerful words that should be spoken. Remember, at the beginning of the series, I told you this. As I said, take notice of this was grace, righteousness, and faith. You remember that? So, in the new covenant, these are the three words that constitute the new covenant. These are the words preachers ought to preach more about about the grace of god the righteousness that comes by grace that leads to holiness and faith that makes grace a reality faith that makes righteousness a reality faith that makes holiness a reality hallelujah hallelujah all right let's go to romans chapter 1 so grace and truth came by jesus christ the law was given by moses Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, did you see the word gospel? The word gospel also means good news. The word gospel was used in ancient days to also mean. any time that word was used, it means victory. It means what? Victory. Each time the word gospel was used, it also means a new king has been crowned. A new king has been what? Crowned. So the word gospel in ancient days means good news. Don't just complicate yourself. It simply means what? Good news. Amen? The word gospel means what? Good news. Here, Paul is saying by the Spirit of God, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The goodness of Christ. What is the goodness of Christ? His life. The life that he lived here on earth. The goodness of Christ is his death. What his death is for us. The goodness of Christ is resurrection. Hallelujah. So the gospel is made out of these three things. The life of Christ, the death of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. That is the gospel. Hallelujah. That is what? The gospel. The life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. That is what? The gospel. That is the gospel. So we have to preach about his life, we have to preach about his death, our union in his death, and our union in his resurrection. Praise the Lord. That is what? That is the gospel. The gospel is about Christ. The gospel is about what? Christ. The goodness of Christ. The goodness of Christ. That is what in John chapter 1, John said, Behold, the love of God that takes away the sins of this world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright, let's look at the goodness of Christ. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the goodness of Christ for it is the power Hallelujah. It is what? The death of Christ is the power of God to conquer sin. The resurrection of Christ is the power of God to live a holy life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The death of Christ is what? The power of God to conquer sin. The resurrection of Christ is the power of God to live a holy life. Say amen. Say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation means deliverance, completeness, soundness, prosperity, wholeness, welfare. Praise the Lord. It's to everyone that believeth, to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. Praise the Lord. Now, look at what is inside the gospel. Verse 17. For therein, that is in the gospel, in the good news of Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed. You see up. So inside the gospel, inside the good news, is the righteousness of God revealed. And this righteousness, we are told, is from what? is from faith to faith. As it is written, "The just shall live by his faith. So that is why I mentioned earlier on uh, since the beginning of the, uh, this series, that these are the important words that constitute the new covenant. Grace, righteousness, and faith. Hallelujah. Grace, righteousness, and faith. The constituent what? The new covenant. And of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. That is one level of grace to another level of grace. And inside that grace that we have received, which is the goodness of Christ, lies our righteousness. Hallelujah. Our righteousness by faith, not by works. Our righteousness by the circumcision of our hearts through the flesh of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And that leads us to what? Holiness. Praise the Lord. It leads us to what? To holiness. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Amen. Are you here? Don't go for shopping. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So inside the gospel, the gospel means the life of Christ, his death and resurrection. That's where the good news is. Anything outside Christ in the gospel, in the preaching outside Christ is no longer good news. Amen? In the gospel outside the death of Christ is no longer good news. In the gospel outside the resurrection of Christ is no longer what? Goodness. It brings you under the law. It brings you under what? The law. And the law could not make any man holy. The law could not purify the heart of any man. Praise the Lord. So the death of Christ is good news. The resurrection of Christ is good news. That's what Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 6, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, devoted these two chapters to teach us about the death and resurrection of Christ. That he died with him. He resurrected with him. And that is what Paul summarized the gospel in his own life. In Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Is it that? The death of Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That is the resurrection of Christ. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. So the gospel is the life of Christ. And if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you see the life of Christ. The death and the resurrection of Christ, you find that in their pieces. Hallelujah. Anything, any message outside this tree is no longer good news. It brings you under condemnation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Alright. The covenant of holiness. Let's go to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. And then from there We will go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Titus chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 10 to 14. Praise the Lord. Thank you Jesus. So in Titus chapter 2. Paul began to lay the guidelines to Christian living. Which we call holiness. Praise the Lord. They gallant towards Christian living, which is holiness. But because of time, we will not be able to read all of that and then take it one by one. I will start from verse 10. Verse 9. It says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, not showing all good, Fidelity that they may adore the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things. Verse eleven: For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now this is from this side. uh, Titus began to open our eyes to see something. They said the grace of God. You see the word salvation. Salvation means deliverance. Has appeared to all men. New Living Translation says that. Jesus, who is the grace of God, came to this world to bring salvation to all men. I love that. Jesus, who is what? The grace of God, came physically to this world to bring what? Salvation to all men. Hallelujah. So grace is a person. Grace is what? A person. All right. Teaching us. Grace teaches. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. So inside God's grace, you are able to live righteously, you are able to live godly, you are able to live soberly in this present wicked world. So outside the teachings of grace, men don't have the capacity to be sober, to live soberly here on earth. Outside the teaching of grace, men don't have the capacity to live righteously. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Jesus, who is the grace of God, has come physically to this earth. He has brought salvation to all men, teaching all men To be able to live soberly. To be able to live righteously. To be able to live a holy life. Denying this world. So outside the teaching of grace, men cannot live soberly. Men cannot live righteously. Men cannot deny this world. Teaching the grace of God. Teaching us. Teaching us. Listen up. So outside the teaching of grace, that is why the church is struggling with sin. That is why Christians are struggling with sin. Outside the teaching of grace, they cannot deny the flesh. Outside the teaching of grace, they cannot withstand the forces of sin. Outside the teaching of grace, they cannot withstand the power of iniquity. Most, most, most preachers will say the grace teachers are giving people license to sin is wrong. It is grace. It is the teaching of grace that will free the heart of man. Under the law, they can pretend to be holy. They can can pretend to be righteous, but inside them, they have committed immorality to the highest realm. I submit that grace is the teaching of grace that can free man from sin. It is the teaching of grace Teaching us, this is the grace that has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live. So grace teaches you to a point where you are able to deny ungodliness. You are able to deny worldly lust. Grace teaches you to do that. Without the teachings of grace, you cannot deny distance. You will be caught up with distance. Praise the Lord. Grace teaches what? Teaches us denying ungodliness. Wondering us. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. You just put all of that together is holiness. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God. And our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 14. Who gave himself for us. That that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself. A peculiar people. He said purify himself. So grace teaches you. To live soberly. Righteously. To live a holy life. And that same grace. Also teaches you. That you have been purified. You have been made holy. A particular people, zealous of what? Good works. Verse 15. These things speak and exalt and repeat with all authority. Let no man despise you. He said, Teach man these things that Jesus gave himself for us. Jesus has redeemed us from all iniquity and purified us unto himself. A particular people people. Praise the Lord. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I have to read this to give a broader understanding of what you are about to hear next. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1. Are you there? Verse 13. Wherefore, guide the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. At the, re- the grace that is to be brought to you at the what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember First John, of His fullness, we have received grace. For what? Grace. So, there's a grace that you have to enjoy here. And at the revelation of Christ, there's another dimension of grace that gives you a body that is completely free from what from sin that that is the time your body will become immortality your body will put on immortality praise the lord that is when your body will put on what this mortality will give way for immortality amen mortality will give way for what immortality that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a dimension of grace that is coming. That is coming. Hallelujah. Paul we should guide our, the voice of our, our, our minds towards that grace. Alright. Verse 14. Verse 14. As obedient children. This is what Peter called us here. As obedient what? Children. No fashion yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. You see that? As obedient children. He's telling us, you are not obedient. You are no longer your former self. Alright. But as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of lifestyle, in all manner of conversation. How is that possible? He said, as obedient children. As what? obedient children, because that is who you are, holiness is who you are, holiness is who you are, you are holy because Christ is holy, amen, you are holy because Christ is what, holy, you are not holy because you are doing, you are providing, you are holiness, you are holy because Christ is holy, he made you holy, and that's why Peter called us obedient children, praise the Lord, alright, let's continue the reading, because it is written, be you holy as I am holy. He's quoting the Old Testament. And if you call on the Father, and if you call on the Father, who with that respect of persons, judge according to every man's work, pass the time of your surgery here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your former way last time, received by the traditions of your father. Now he is that your former last and the traditions of your fathers were the unholy last stars of your fathers. The unholy last stars under the law. The unholiness under the law. You see that he said that as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things. It wasn't corruptible things that redeemed you from unholy last scars of your fathers. Amen. And we have to pay notice, no, attention to that. It was not corruptible things that redeemed you from a holy lifestyle of your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Jesus, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. for verily was for days before the foundation of the world and was made manifest in this last time for you, whom by him do believe God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory. That your faith and hope might be in him. Verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls. In obeying the truth. Seeing ye have what? Purified. The word purified is passed over them. Seeing that you have purified. So when you receive the grace of Jesus Christ. When you see the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your soul is purified. Your soul is what? Purify. That is where faith comes in. That is where faith comes in. The teaching of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. The teachings on these three areas bring, purifies your souls. It purifies your heart. Seeing ye have purified your souls, Hallelujah. Ye have purified your souls. And what is the next st- statement here? In obeying the truth to the spirit unto an unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. So every time you see holiness is spoken about in the New Testament, the next thing is love one another. Did you see that? And that was the commandment Jesus gave. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Because the heart has been purified, the soul has been purified. So you have the capacity to love one another as Christ loves you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. And let's look into details about this covenant. The covenant of holiness. Seeing that you have purified yourselves, children of obedience, as obedient children. Hebrews chapter 10. Please pay attention. This is the most important part of the teachings. Verse 1 and 2. For the law, that is the old covenant, having a shadow of things to come, of good, a shadow of good things to come, a shadow of what? Good things to come. So the old covenant was a shadow of good things to come. The old covenant upon which the law was established was a shadow of good things to come. Now unfortunately the good thing has come, yet believers are still pursuing shadows. Can you imagine that? The old covenant was a shadow of the good thing to come. Now, the good thing, which is the grace of God, that teaches us to be holy, that teaches us to be righteous, that teaches us to be sober, to live a sober life, the grace of God that enables us to be holy, to be pure, to be righteous, to be sober, has come. Yet, men are still fighting for the law, men are still going for the shadow, instead of the written. Re- Amen. I remember one of my grandfathers many years ago, he always drink and come home late in the night. So one, one night, you know, it was the moon season. And because there was no electricity, the whole place was dark. But when the moon was out, out, the whole place became so bright that your shadow was very visible. He was drunk. And as he was drunk, you know, staggering. The shadow, his shadow was also stagged stag- and he thought it was somebody following him and he took off. He ran and was knocking at his brother's door that there he's, been t- he's been chased. So the brother opened the door and said, who's chasing you? He said, he said can't you see? Only for there, after a long investigation, interrogation, it was his own shadow. It was his own what? Shadow. Now, believers are chasing shadows. It's not the written. It's not the written. Your shadow is not the ritual. It's just an indication that the ritual is there. The old covenant was a shadow of good things to come. And that good thing has come. It is called grace. Grace for grace. Grace for grace. Grace for grace, grace for grace. That is the good thing that was to come. And yet, men are still holding on to the covenant of the law. Praise the Lord. And he said, For the Lord, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continuously, make the commerce unto perfect. Verse four. Now listen to uh, sorry, verse 2. For them would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipper once purged should no more have consciousness of sin. Now, did you see the word once purged? Once made holy, they shouldn't have any consciousness of sin. Meaning that, they under the new covenant, you are purged once, you are cleansed once, you are made holy once. It is a damn deal. That is why I title it, The Covenant of Holiness. Praise the Lord. The old covenant wasn't like that. It was continuously done to make these sacrifices. But the sacrifice of Christ was one. Verse 3, let me out the reading. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. So in the old covenant, Consciousness of sin was the other day. They were very conscious of their sin. So every year they have to appear before the priest. They have to offer sacrifices for their sins. That is the power of the law. It brings you under the consciousness of what? Sin. Grace brings you under the consciousness of what? Holiness. Praise the Lord. The law. The Old Covenant brings you under the power and the consciousness of sin. Grace brings you under the power and the consciousness of holiness. Hallelujah. Because under grace you are paid once and for all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright. Verse 4. For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and of gold should take away sin. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, he sees sacrifice and offerings; God would not beg but a body that has prepared me. Now, listen to the body part here. J- Jesus is talking of his body. Remember, I told you the body of Christ, the flesh of Christ, is the seal of what the new covenant the Remember the first confessions that will make: the seal of the new covenant. It, it, his flesh was the circumcision of your heart by a baptism. Praise the Lord. Alright. Verse 4. For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. What for when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou have no what pleasure. Then I said, Lo, I come in the volume of books of the book it is written of me to do. Did you notice that? He said, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do his will. So, grace of his fullness will have received grace for grace. Is that not it? So, grace for grace is to do the will of God. Here he said, I come. It is written in the volume of the book to do that will. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. To do what? To do God's will. End of his fullness. We have received grace for grace. For what? To do the will of God. Hallelujah. Say I have received grace for grace to do the will of God. Oh, let's say I have received grace for grace to do the will of God. One more time, I have received grace for grace. To do the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright. Verse 8. He said About when he said, Sacrifice and of offerings and burnt offerings, and offerings of sin, thou wouldest not, not have pleasure in them, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lord, I come to do thy will, O God. He taken away the first that he may establish the second. Under the first, they could not do the will of God. It is in the second that the will of God, they are able to do the will of God. It is in the second that they are able to do what? The will of God. It is in the new covenant that they are able to do the will of God. Have you forgotten the lost prayer in Matthew chapter 6? When you pray, say our Father, who art in heaven, Allah be thy name that cannot come. Thou what? we. In the old covenant, it wasn't said, Thou will be done. But when Jesus came, nobody was about to consummate the new covenant. He gave them the calendar for a new prayer Your will be done. Because men were going to receive grace. Grace to do the will of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have received grace to do the will of God. I said, You have received grace to do the will of God. You have received grace to do the will of God. Any will of God that was difficult for you, you have received grace to go and do it right now. You have received grace to do it right now. No more difficulties in doing the will of God. No more struggles in doing the will of God. Receive grace in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Verse 10. By the which we are sanctified through the offering of the blood of Christ once for all. Verse 10. It says, By the will of God we are made holy. By the offering of the blood of Christ, once and for all. Can you read it in New International Version, New Living, New Living Translation? New Living Translation, verse ten, Hebrews ten ten. Thank you, Jesus. He said it was the will of God that the offering of the blood of Christ. Will make us holy once and for all, or will make will sanctify us once and for all. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, go ahead, read it. Give ready the mic, please. Yeah, next
1: time you keep your your mic with you. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Hebrews 10 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all time. Hallelujah! Repeat it again. Hebrews ten ten. For God's will. For God's, God's will was for us to be made holy. Was for us to be made holy. By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. That
0: is why the covenant is a covenant of holiness. The new covenant is the covenant of holiness. Because it was God's will that by the sacrifice of the body of Christ, we, the New Testament believers, will be made holy once and for all. Hallelujah. 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 So holiness is by faith in the new covenant. It is by faith. It is by, you have been made holy. It's a covenant. Your holiness is a covenant. It was the will of God. It was the will of God that by the sacrifice of the body of Christ, those of us in this dispensation, those of us, the New Testament believer, we are made holy once and for all. They won't teach us this. They will say, Go and be holy. Uh, go and do this. Go and do do this. We are made holy. To be made holy is different from go and be. No man has the capacity to be holy. You, you, think, you think God wouldn't have forced man to be holy if it was possible? It was not possible that a man could be holy. No. So, a new covenant came in that by the sacrifice of Jesus, we in this dispensation will be made holy. Once and for all. Once and for all, you are made holy. Say it means, once and for all, I am made holy. Or oh, say it confidently. Once and for all, I am made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Once and for all. I am made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You have to believe this truth for the spirit of holiness to come upon you. You have to believe this truth. You have to believe this truth for the spirit of holiness to come upon you. Once and for all, you are made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 11. And every priest standing there in ministry and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Mm -hmm. So it means that as New Testament believers, the body of Christ took away our sins once and for all. That is why he said, Your sins. And your iniquity, I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Why? Because you have been made holy once and for all. There is no room for sin, no place for sin. Period. Hallelujah. You have been made holy once and for all by the sacrifice of Jesus. Sin is taken away. No room for sin, no place for sin, no consciousness of sin. You are not a robot, you are still a human being with a free will to do the will of God. Lo, it is written in the volume of the book to do your will, to do your will. Hallelujah. So you have been made holy once and for all. You don't have sin consciousness. There's no room for sin. There's no place for sin. So that you will do the will of God. So that you do the will of God. Hallelujah. We need to sound this truth loud and loud and loud and loud every day until it enters into the heart of men and women. Christ the Lord. Then said he, Lo, no, I come to do that way, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. And then by the blood of Christ we are made holy. But this man, verse 12, but this man after he has offered sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting to his enemies, he made his food stew. You know, he you know the enemies he's talking about here? Sin. Sin is an enemy. Death. These are the enemies that will be made what? His full too. That is why he took the kiss of hell. And death from the devil, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. Praise the Lord. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are made holy. Verse 14 One sacrifice has perfected them. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. It's a word for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Is a witness for us. For after that, he has said before, This is the covenant I will make with them. After those that says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Why? Because they no longer have consciousness of sin, no room for sin. Amen. They have been made holy by the sacrifice of the blood of Christ once and for all. No more consciousness of sin, no more evil conscience. Their body washed. Praise the Lord. Verse seventeen, verse sixteen again. This is the covenant I will make with them after those they serve the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. Will I write them? So there's no consciousness of sin, no place for sin. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Their sins and iniquities I will do what I will remember no more. Now, where the mixture of this is, there's no more offering for what? Sin. Verse 19. Having therefore brought boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. I explained this, the first message, the, the part one of this message. I explained verse 19. You can go back and listen to that message. Now, and I explained verse 22. But pay attention as the Lord conveyed this one to us as we are about to end. By a new and living way. How do we enter into the holy holy place? By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. That is his body. Remember by saying it was the sacrifice of his body. The offering of his body that made us holy. Is that not it? Is that not it? The offering of his body here is the new way to enter into the holiness of all. He consecrated the holiness of all through what? Through his body, through his flesh. Why do you think Jesus said do this in remembrance of me? Why do you think he said that? What was the reason? When he, when he took the bread, he said this is my flesh which is broken for you. Take it, do this in remembrance of me, that this is the sacrifice." That gives you access to the holiness of all. This is the sacrifice that makes you holy. That was the intention of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he said, do this in remembrance of me. Just like the priests every day will have to offer an animal for their sins, Jesus offered his body once and for all for our sins. And he wants us to partake of his flesh to remind us, to make us holiness conscious. Praise the Lord. So just like they have seen consciousness in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, our consciousness is what? Holiness. Holiness is what? Our consciousness. Through what? Through the flesh of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we partake of the communion. That's the reason why we partake of the communion. We partake of the communion to have the consciousness of his what? his holiness. We partake of the blood of Jesus Christ. We partake of his flesh to have consciousness of what? Holiness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22 and 23. Please pay attention to this last. I explained verse 22 in the other message. I'm going to explain verse 23. So listen carefully. Let us draw now with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. See that? Let us draw now knowing that our evil conscience has been done with our bodies washed with water. Having done that is good. But you need to add verse 23. Let us go fast. To the confession of our faith with that word for him. He is faithful that promise. What has God promised you? What is the promise of God according to the new covenant? What is the promise of God? He has sanctified you forever, He has made you holy forever. Please read uh, uh, Hebrews 10 10 again. That is the promise of God for you. The promise of God is a covenant. A covenant of holiness. It's a whole fast to that promise. That is your faith. Your faith is the holiness of God. Hallelujah. That is the confession of your faith. Please read it again.
1: Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Hebrews 10. 10. For God's will for, for us to be made holy. Mm-hmm. By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, yes, once for all time. Now, Job to 22 and 23. The same living translation. Hebrews 10:22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood uh-huh. to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we have found, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to
0: do what? To keep his promise. What is the promise of God? He has sanctified you. He has made you holy. That's the promise of God. That's the promise of God. That's the promise of God that through the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ, He has made you holy. He said, let us go right into the presence of God. Because God is faithful. God is keeping his part of the deal. Go fast to the confession of your faith. Go fast to the, that's what, go back and listen to that message. Your faith makes you holy. Your faith makes you holy. Your faith makes you holy. That is what it means. But this covenant is the covenant of holiness. He has made you holy by the sacrifice of the blood of Christ Jesus. But you have to believe it in order to experience it. You have to what? You have to believe it in order to experience it. You have to believe it in order to experience it. Hallelujah. And that is what verse 24. Look at what he said in verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto what? Good works so every time you see purity talk about holiness talk about the next thing is love the next thing is what is love because that is who we are once you believe by faith that you have been made holy the next thing is you begin to walk in love you begin to walk in love hallelujah this is a covenant of holiness this is a covenant of what holiness a covenant of purity According to Titus, your heart has been purified. According to 1 Peter, he has redeemed you from all iniquities. From the former luster, the worldly luster of your forefathers. You do not have a guilty conscience. You do not have sin conscience. All of that has been dealt with by the flesh of Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice of the flesh of Jesus Christ. Just like in the old covenant, every day the priest must offer blood every day the priest must offer an animal in this new covenant this sacrifice was made once and it's never going to be repeated again it is one time sacrifice and that sacrifice made you holy you have to apply your faith to that sacrifice and walk in that reality that is what christ is made unto us wisdom Righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That is the good news. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. It's a therein lies the righteousness of God from faith to faith. If you cannot believe that He made you holy, there's no point trying to live a holy life. You will fail and fail and fail. Again, if you cannot believe that your holiness is a covenant, don't try, don't bother trying to leave it. You will fail. I can guarantee you, you will keep failing, you will never make it. Believe that you are made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus. Your holiness is a covenant. Praise the Lord. Your holiness is what is a covenant. So, in conclusion. In conclusion, hallelujah, the new covenant purifies your heart. The new covenant makes you holy. Thank you, Jesus. So you have to confess that you are purified by the blood and the flesh of Jesus. That's how to walk in this covenant. Understand that the new covenant is written in your heart. You are purified. You are made holy. That's the power of the new covenant. The old covenant couldn't do that. It was written on stones. It could not make anybody holy. But this new covenant is written in your heart. It has purified your heart, purified your conscience, made you holy. And you have to hold on to that confession. Let us hold on. Let's go fast to the confession of our faith. Let me read that again just one minute. Hebrews 10. Verse 23. Let us go fast. The profession of your faith oh, that will not go break. The profession of your faith is your holiness which is in Christ Jesus. The profession of your faith is what? Your holiness which is in Christ Jesus. You have to hold on to that confession that by the sacrifice of the body of Christ Jesus, I am made holy. I am sanctified. My heart is purified. My conscience cleansed from evil conscience. conscience. My body washed with the washing of the word of God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. That is what makes this covenant different from the old covenant. If you don't find these distinctions between the two covenants, it will be difficult for you. The new covenant purifies the heart of men. It makes men holy as God is holy. So confess that you are purified By the blood of Jesus Christ. Confess that you are made holy. By the sacrifice of the body of Christ Jesus. That is where your faith should be based on. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. The confession of your faith in the New Testament. Is the confession that by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. You are made holy. Your heart is purified. Your conscience has been washed. From an evil conscience, from an evil sin, from sin consciousness, you are free. In Jesus' name, lift up your voice and give God thanks. You. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice. Thank God your heart is purified. Thank God your conscience is purified. Your body is washed. There's no place for